Our first reading this afternoon comes from the book of Acts, the first chapter. Luke writes, In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, he will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning, excuse me, goodness, this afternoon, you can tell I'm in a pattern, comes from uh, the letter to the Ephesians, the first chapter. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the eleven and those with them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still yet with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, 
and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father has promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. People of God, will you pray with me? Come, Lord Jesus, and fill us all in all. Fill us with your goodness. Fill us with your mercy. Fill us with your love. Fill us with the promise of your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in all the ways of life. And send us your word that we too may follow you into newness of life. Draw us by all these things unto yourself that we may be your witnesses starting here in this place where we find ourselves to all the ends of the earth. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sometimes when uh, tragedy strikes, journalists will interview people who witness the event seeking to convey to those of us watching at home the sense of emotion and chaos and uncertainty that is focused in that particular place. I was fairly young on September 11th of 2001, but I remember it being one of those days where every news channel rotated between images of two towers falling out of the New York skyline, smoke billing out of a a collapsed wall at the Pentagon, and a Pennsylvania field scarred black by a plane scattering its debris across the surface. On that day, none of us could look away, even as unfolding stories of horror and sorrow and distress continued to pile on as darkness approached and the new day began to dawn. It is a day we will never forget. Forty days after Jesus' resurrection from the dead, he led his disciples and a large crowd up to the top of the Mount of Olives, just across a valley from a temple mount in Jerusalem, and teaches them that he is about to ascend to the Father, that he will leave them, and he will return on the last day to finalize God's plan of bringing all creation to new life in him. Jewish tradition taught that the Messiah would return on the Mount of Olives, and so even today, 
the entire side of the mountain is now covered with various cemeteries. The dead anxiously waiting the return of Jesus to raise the dead and usher in God's final act of triumph over sin, death, and the devil. From the time of his ascension into heaven, people of faith have held their eyes to the sky in that place, even now in death, waiting for this new dawn to approach. And God's work of healing, wholeness, and peace to tower over the sickness, the brokenness, and the suffering which afflicts us every day. We have never forgotten Jesus' promises. You will receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and yes, even to all the ends of the earth. This promised spirit comes to us at Pentecost, which we will celebrate just 10 days from now. But for now, as we sit in this moment of Jesus' ascension, our eyes are fixed toward heaven, wondering when God will restore God's kingdom and return to us in the flesh. On September 12th, we now may remember how at Ground Zero in New York City, President Bush grabbed a megaphone and heralded the human spirit to persevere and to move on. For so many who still had their eyes fixed toward the sky in disbelief that the towers once there were now gone, it was a reminder that even in uncertainty, life would persevere and death would not have the final word. The call was to begin at the epicenter, to clean the debris, to look for survivors, to receive the dead. Then spreading beyond this small corner of the world into all the places where suffering and death take place. In the weeks and months after 9-11, communities all across the country began to find ways to support those in need both those affected by those terrorist attacks as well as those whose suffering had begun long before that Tuesday morning in September. It blossomed and spread even across the world as those whose empathy and grief over the senseless deaths of so many turned into a witness of love and service. The ends of the earth refusing to allow death the final say. The call of the two men who appeared in the crowd's midst functioned in much the same way. Why are you still standing around looking at the sky? Jesus, who was once with you and now has been taken up into heaven, will return to you in the same way that you saw him leave. So why stand around waiting? Remember what he said. And so Jerusalem became the epicenter of the early church's witness to spread God's news of resurrection life in Jesus right where we are, pushing beyond the limits of our imagination into the ends of the earth to love and care for God's people by pointing to the crucified, risen, and ascended one. 
The beautiful thing about Jesus' ascension into heaven is that it doesn't just tell us something about what happened to Jesus 2,000 years ago on the Mount of Olives. It shows us what God intends for all those who have been called and claimed by God and promised to receive the Holy Spirit. In the same way that Jesus, fully God and fully human, was raised from the grave and released from the powers of sin and death, so too might we, through him, receive God's promises of eternal life. In the same way that Jesus, fully God and fully human, was raised from this earth into the heavenly presence of God, so too we will be received by God in that resurrection life as we ascend into the kingdom that God has promised for God's faithful. It is a kingdom we experience now as we live and breathe and move in this world because what Jesus experiences in his resurrection life are what we too will experience in him. What Jesus experiences now in his ascension life is what we too, now even on this day, experience in him. And so there is no need to stand and stare at the sky in disbelief or wonder how we will carry on knowing that the world has been turned upside down, be it by tragedy or by the good news of resurrection life. God has promised great things for us, and they are offered freely and fully for each and every one of us now. Now, almost 20 years later, the world looks vastly different than it did in 2001. Not only because of the death and the destruction, but because of the love and the compassion which has ascended to take its place. A wall has been repaired, memorials have been built, and a tower taller than the first reaches up toward the heavens, drawing all of our eyes to fix on it and remember. The world looks vastly different than it did 2,000 years ago since Jesus' own ascent into heaven, not only because his flesh has been drawn into the presence of God, but because Christ's body, the church, remains here to spread the good news of his promised resurrection and continues to offer the love and the mercy of Jesus with those we encounter. While we await the promised last day, in the meantime, we are invited to be God's witnesses throughout all of creation, beginning right here in Bethlehem, moving into Lehi and Northampton, and throughout then, the ends of the earth. This is the blessing of being the church. As people of faith who now anxiously await Jesus' return and the fulfillment of God's salvation promise, our focus, so these angels say, is not to have our face to the clouds waiting on heaven to fall down all around us. That's already come through the Holy Spirit. Instead, our gaze is now drawn out to the world which God has made and God so dearly loves. And the call which Jesus has given to us. Spreading the good news of resurrection life with a world in need of God's loving mercy. 
And so for this and all of God's blessings in our life, we say, thanks be to God. Amen.